And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Carfino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Have you seen the, the, the restaurant craving app? Oh, my God. I can't eat any of the food. It's like torturing myself. They have why burgers. Would, why would you do that to Tacos. Yourself? And I don't know. I'm like addicted to, I don't know, me and it, not being able to have it. So, you know? But you, because you can't have it, why do you check it out? I don't know. Maybe it reminds myself of how much discipline I have. When was the, la- <laughs> when was the last time you had sugar? I, uh, I don't know. Really? Yeah. But you it, know what I miss, though? Like nachos and the savory p- stuff. Pizzas. Oh, pe- oh yeah. You know Cheese. Because oh, I can't have dairy. You know what I do when I'm in the States? What? In-N-Out Burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The double-double grilled oh, onions. Oh, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. And those shakes. Why would, Why do I even like those? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then, uh, and then, and uh, then, Jack, Jack in the Box, and this, these, these things you have for breakfast. It's like waffles with burgers combined, and it's like a heart attack in a mouthful. But it just tastes so good. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Welcome everybody to Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback. And I've got, once again, Steve Carfino right next to me. We are a Global Story Network production. Check out more podcasts from Global Story Network, like Surviving the Impossible, a cinematic podcast that follows the harrowing true story of Nick Yaris, a man who spent over 20 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. What could be worse than being sentenced to death for a crime you did not commit? Knowing you put yourself there all because of a lie, to check out this incredible story, head to globalstorynetwork.com or search Surviving the Impossible wherever you get your podcasts. We are recording this 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on the 23rd of October. And only an hour ago, the Clippers oh. Lakers Battle of LA has just been finished. We're going to talk about that very soon. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson. Should we be worried about those knees? Um, I'm going to give Steve a, a, a who am I, but a little bit more of a difficult one this week. And Shane Hill joins the podcast, one of Australia's all-time greats, host of the basketball show and NBL analyst. But Steve, did you get to see any of that NBA today? Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. know, I, know I know you picked the Lakers, but mm. I mean... I think that was just like with my heart. No, no, no. Everybody's been talking about the Lakers being like the best in the West and it's going to be a great matchup between them and the Clippers. And I think it will be, but just the Clippers just a lot more far along, you know, they're a better defensive team and they just look like they're better prepared. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I mean, the Lakers on paper stacked, but yeah. the Clippers look like they're a team that has played together. Um, they've just added obviously Kawhi Leonard, Paul George didn't play, but they look like that really gritty team. And at, at, at the end of the day, this is only day one, but I still think it's a big statement for the Clippers to make, uh, beating uh, LA, be, beating the Lakers like that. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. But I can see, I can see that as a Western Conference Finals already. Well, you summed it up. You know uh, that their their core group has been together and they played like that. Um, the Lakers, you know, have just been chopping and changing for a number of years now, and. You know, they're really going to have to, you know, take a leaf out of the Clippers book and just 
try and maybe not so much build a core, but they're going to have to play team basketball and they're going to have to, you know, try and get some type of chemistry going. And it's not always easy to do that. You know, like you can, you know, teams have been trying to put good chemistry together for years and let's hope that they get, you know, S-H-I-T together. Absolutely. Well, Danny uh, Danny Green, he went off today. I think he had 25 points. He was like 8 from 13 from beyond the arc. He had a huge game. Uh, but the guys that I think people thought would kind of be able to be good role players, Contable Caldwell-Pope, Avery Bradley, I just can't see them lasting in the rotation. Avery Bradley is doo-doo. He's rubbish. Garbage. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, Absolutely. my goodness. It's an embarrassment. You yeah. know, like he's supposed to be a stopper and, you know, supposed to be a good role player and work within the team structure. He was terrible today. And, I mean, he had some really good PR person working him in the offseason. He's like, oh, I'm back. By in, I'm injury-free. I'm, I'm going to be I'm, the best defensive <laughs> guard in the league. Next. You know what? Everybody, looking at that game, Every guard in the NBA is going to be marking when they play the Lakers, and they're going to be trying to get their season high. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. You look like a matador out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, it's weird when you can recognize yourself, and that's probably like my defense when I play in the Sydney Social Basketball League. Although, I've got, you know what? You keep putting yourself down out there, and if you're that bad, i got to come have a beer and watch you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll still go two from three from the three-point line, so that's kind of that's where my game is. That means you're not taking enough shots. If you shoot 66.6% from the field, you're not taking enough shots. All right. Well, I'll be changing that this week. The other big game, uh, obviously, the other opener was the New Orleans Pelicans against the, the defending champs. It's really weird that I'm calling the Raptors the defending champs because I feel like nobody has even talked about the fact that they have a chance of being back-to-back champions. And there's been actually no talk about them being champions at all. So it's really strange. Uh, probably the biggest story is, besides P- Pascal Siakam going off, the fact that Zion Williamson did not play and he's probably going to be out for about eight to ten weeks. So what, what, are, you th- what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, personally, I'm worried about him because he's huge and he's got knee problems already. Okay, you know, he threw a lot of things out there, but one of them I'm going to touch upon the Raptors and nobody's given them a chance. Mm-hmm. Just like when LeBron James left the Heat, nobody gave them a chance and the Heat were terrible. I'm not saying the, t- the Toronto Raptors are going to be terrible, but they're not a championship team anymore. Kawhi Leonard is that good. You know, he comes to the Lakers, he's that good. These superstars, Charles Barkley summed it up when he said, you know, like to judge me on not winning a championship and Danny Green has championship rings. He, he didn't say Danny Green, but he's the first role player that popped into my head that's yeah. played for championship teams. You know, it's just crazy. Danny Green's a winner and Charles Barkley's not. That just goes to show you how good these superstar players are and how vital they are to, to win in a championship. Now, Zion Williamson, he is he's a big body. I know when I was watching him in high school, as he was just... <laughs> He was just destroying those little white kids. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. That was like an like anti-racism a, ad. Yeah. <laughs> he was. It was like a. He was like a. He was just like a grown man playing against five-year-olds. That's what it looked like. That <laughs> the comedian was saying. It was like. It was like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, even in the story for you know Black Lives Matter, it was like a cause of its own. Those highlights of him destroying all those poor white kids, but that big body, you know, six foot. Well, they were saying he was six eight, but he's more like six six. 
that six foot six, two eighty frame has got to be hard on something, and it's his joints, you know. And let's hope that um, Charles Barkley was able to carry a lot of weight around. He was overweight when he came into the league, and Moses Malone talked him into losing weight and trimming down and being the player that he became. Um, but maybe two eighty. Two eighty is just too much to be carrying around on a six six body. He needs to go on that no sugar diet that you're on. The sugar film, yeah, oh, great, oh, great the, film. The sugar film that gets you to understand sugar. Unreal. It's such an education to watch somebody live that and um, and understand how bad sugar is for you. You know what? An, uh, another interesting one I really want to see because. I'm a massive Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. I don't know if you could come on, I can tell, come on, we need to get to the chopper. It's fantastic. Um, but listen, <laughs> I'm a huge Arnold fan. And he's just done this uh, uh, this movie or documentary about um, being vegan. Yakety yak. Yakety yak. Don't talk back. Yeah, and the twins. Yeah, that's the only Arnie I can do. Go ahead. Keep yeah, going. That's good. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just really interested to see because obviously – bodybuilders, meat, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, just just there's a lot of really different information we have these days. Like it, especially when you were growing up, everything was like, no, low fat, low fat, low fat. And now we're saying, well, actually fat's good for you and sugar's actually the bad thing. It's So yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of changed in the last 30 years. Really interesting. Yeah, it really is. You know, and if I hadn't met my partner who um, was educated on all those things and she helps people out with their diet and their well-being, you know, I wouldn't have known it either. So um, the information is out there. I think that I always knew the information was out there, but, you know, I love my burgers, man. Like I was, I don't know if you, if, if the listeners heard us talking about restaurant cravings, but go on there. Those are all the meals that I can't It's an eat. app? It's an app? It's an app. You know, you can follow it on Instagram, rest, <laughs> restaurant cravings or LA Eats. You know, oh my goodness, those yeah. tacos and Mexican food. And they make it look so good oh, on yeah. the on the Instagram. Oh, dear, oh, dear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Back to basketball. I want to just kind of talk about the kind of predictions that we have for the year because it's hard for us not to talk about predictions because the NBA, I mean, I'm just super excited that the NBA started. But let's just go through very quickly – just some of the awards, and I'll tell you who I think. You tell me who you think. But MVP of the league, who have you got? Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to go LeBron. I think Lebr- I think LeBron's going to have a big year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Davis. I'm going Kawhi Leonard. Rookie of the Year. Ooh, it's a tough one. That is a tough one. It's a real tough one. You know, you've got Ja Morant, you've got Zion, um, you've got RJ Barrett. It's it's I think it's going I'll to go John Morant. John Morant, yeah. Just I think he's going to have more of an opportunity to display his skills. Yeah, so do I. Mm. John Morant for me as well. Most improved player. Mm. So interesting one to think about because Pascal Siakam got that last year, and I thought that was that was very uh, well earned. But who's going to take? No that? one would have picked that. No, and it's usually we don't look for guys that are. Uh, probably second year players. It's normally that third, fourth, or fifth year player that kind of takes that step. Where where the heck did that come from? I would have said Montrezl Harrell, but that's probably more last year. Uh, yeah, can we pass on that yeah, one? Or can we go to the next one? We'll go to the next one. We'll All go to the next one. We've got Rookie of the Year. We've got MVP. We've got. I think. I think those, those are all the main awards anyway. All right, we'd have to come right back to that tough one. That's. Right. I'll tell you what. Who, who you got? Who you got winning the West? I'm going to stick with the Lakers because I'm a Laker fan. They've, they've got to get it together. You know, it's going to be 
Ooh, yeah. The West is tough. The West is tough. All right. They need to move get, the franchise to New York. <laughs> I've got I've got a different question. Um, and I know um, I'm going to ask this to Shane later on as well. Mm-hmm. But the Warriors, I don't think – I'm really worried about them making the, the playoffs. They've got Steph Curry. They've got no Clay Thompson. I think I think teams are going to put – Huge amounts of points on them. Who I mean, they have no defensive stoppers. They've lost Andre Iguodala. Um, Willie Caldwell Stein is their starting center, and let's be honest, he's not the greatest in the world. And yeah, I just think teams are going to be putting up big, big numbers on them, and they fall into that range of teams that could miss the playoffs. San Antonio, the Warriors. San Antonio's young. Dallas, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a real tough one in the West. Yeah, it's a real mixed bag for mediocrity. Yeah, right there, and that's a good point about they're not going to be able to stop anyone. And they've done a great job of holding that team together for as long as they did. You know, Sean Livingston retiring and Andre Iguodala moving on and um, probably retiring. Clay Thompson hurt. Do you think? Do you think he's got one good year left in him for a, for a championship contender? I mean, unless he's carrying an injury or his body is hurting more than I than I'm aware of, yeah, he he'd be a great guy to to have, you know, for just a few minutes a game, just a teammate to have around the locker room. So, I mean, that's that's the minimum. Um, what he supplies on the court is just one of those guys that. I know he played for Lute Olson at Arizona, and Lute Olson was my coach at the University of Iowa. And he said we we had a performance chart that statted hey, all the little things. Hang on, just just stop that right there. Yeah, you and Andre Iguodala had the same coach. Yeah, okay, because that means I have to change my who am I for this week. All right, <laughs> <laughs> because that that I was gonna go. I had Andre Iguodala, and you would have probably got it within half a second. Oh so, man. Man, I'm good. Damn, I'm good. So I'm gonna have to. I'm so good. Before you, you even ask me the question, I've a, answered it. You're a psychic. Yeah. So you're just one upping me for the Jerry West one that I did last week. Okay. All right. What was that? <laughs> I was talking about Andre Iguodala, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyway, he's one of those guys that just stats all the way across the board. So he gets, you know, you get on the performance chart, you would get points for deflections, offensive rebounds, taking a charge, um, obviously defensive rebounds, assists. And, you know, a good score would be about 20, but he averaged like 40 every single game. He was just one of those players that did everything. So, you know, those type of players are becoming more and more valued. And I think that even if he is, isn't is as dominant as he was physically and be able to do all that and be as active as he was in the past, just having that type of role model and encouraging that type of play would be worth whatever he is asking for to any team that's trying to be successful. You know what I find absolutely crazy? Vince Carter is still playing in the NBA and he's 42 years old. There's hope for you, Steve. No, no. (laughs) I know. Can you believe it? 42 years old. The guy is still dunking. He was dunking in a preseason game. He's 42 years old. And like you said, he's he's still dunking again. He is still athletic. He's not just athletic for a 42-year-old. He is still athletic. He'll turn the corner and poke on you. He'll go through the middle, hang in the air, palm it, still making Dr. J-type plays at 42. It's just just crazy. It's absurd. At that level, you know, guys are 
you know, guys are putting 32 year old guys and making in the, you know, in the blender and making them look silly. This guy's 42 and still looks athletic in the NBA. Over 20 years in the NBA. That's incredible. That you're playing across two eras. You know, he played late 90s. He was drafted and he's, he's still playing in 2019. I mean, it's just it's just insane. But um, I wonder how much of it is that, you know, genetics obviously has something to do with it. I wonder how much of it is his genetics, his environment, you know, like the way he takes care of his body, like LeBron James. Tom Brady. Yeah, the way those guys use science to get the maximum out of their body and recovery and all those type of things. I wonder how much of it is that because that is just abnormal. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is he looks young as well. Um, so I don't know what the – I mean – You think he's, uh, you think, you think he's good-looking? I think he's very good-looking. Okay, yeah. he's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. Okay. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I think you're a handsome man too. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting to know you. You yeah. like, you know, that's all good. You like a bit of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that got weird. That got very weird. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm just, yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen. I, wanted- I thought I was in a weird mood last week. Oh man. Okay. We're just getting weirder and weirder. This yeah. is going to turn into the weird podcast. So we've got Leah, our amazing sound person. She's shaking her head, saying, "No, just move on, guys. Move on." <laughs> and joining us on the line now, we've got one of Australia's all-time greatest players. He's the host of the Basketball Show, and he's an NBO analyst. We've got Shane the Hammer here, the Australian team at the the FIBA World Cup. Obviously, you know, real really excited to see them play. But what were your thoughts, um, you know, just on the team? And uh, I mean, were you disappointed that they didn't get the medal, or you th- thought they went fairly well? No, I mean, I think we we're all disappointed they didn't get the medal, particularly as the tournament opened up for them they were playing unbelievable basketball for the majority of that tournament and then to go down to a powerhouse of spain like they did after being up 15 points was uh was shattering for them i'm sure even calling the game it was uh it was hard not to to show some emotion and then it was always going to be tough for them to fight back after playing in overtime and guys playing big minutes and then having to play uh, against france so uh, disappointing to finish another fourth. I've been part of two fourths in, in Olympics before, so I know exactly how they were feeling. Well, how do you bounce back? I mean, it's so, you know, it's so difficult to finish fourths, you know, so it's, you know, it's not like you can take for granted that you're going to get back there and get in that position again. But, you know, having come so close yourself and seeing the Australian team, you know, recently just get so close, you know, how, how, how do you get, how do you bounce back? Well, I, I think the way they'll bounce back mentally is the fact that they'll have Ben Simmons coming into the team. So, mm. you know, a, a young superstar, you know, will give them belief that they're going to tick a lot of boxes that they probably couldn't tick before. But the only thing is that most of the countries are going to have NBA stars come back into their lineup as well. So uh, they certainly can't just rely on the fact that Ben Simmons is there. They're going to have to show improvement. Uh, guys like Brockoff will probably be back in the lineup as well feel at depth to what they're doing but uh it's exciting times for australian basketball and you know there's no doubt that we're very close to a medal and that uh i think we'll uh i think the next opportunity next year we'll get one well i just think it's uh amazing how far australia has come and i mean i remember like it was yesterday you know watching the 96 olympics in atlanta and uh you know you guys giving it you know to the u.s team but how far we've come 
as a nation of, you know, just over 20 million people. And I think we've got the third most amount of uh, players in the NBA that aren't Americans. So, I mean, we are in a strong position, but I mean, it's, you know, this is the legacy that obviously you've started. You must be so proud to see guys like Ben Simmons play, um, you know, being a first round draft pick, uh, sorry, first pick, um, you know, obviously you've got Bogut in there, Patty Mills, Della Vadova, and even guys playing in the NBL. The NBL's come, you know, next level, you know, Mitch Creek, he's, he's absolutely killing it. Yeah. I mean, no doubt the, um, I guess the thing that's eye opening for me is that I never believed that. Uh, there would be a basketball game played in a football stadium in front of 53,000 people. And not only once, but doing it twice against the Americans down at Marvel Stadium. So it sort of just shows how far the game has come, the popularity of it uh, internationally and the amount of people, you know, that are now following the NBL because of our guys that are playing in the NBA. So it's done a full circle and the NBL seeing all kinds of records. So uh, certainly exciting times. Well, the league's getting all kind of notoriety. One of the reasons is our next stars program and some of the players. Maybe just you know your opinion on on uh, Mellow Ball and R.J. Hampton. You know how you feel like those guys are going and what's that's what that is bringing to our league. Yeah, I mean the first thing that it brings to our league is eyeballs. I mean to think that you know over a million people um, watch the Facebook game that Lamelo Ball was playing for the Illawarra Hawks is just unbelievable to think that. Um, but, you know, he's going pretty well. I think he's going sort of as well as what I expected him to do. I think that... Are you worried about his shot? Oh, big time. You know, more than worried. It's broken. I mean, he has to start again with his shot. I mean, I, I get sick of listening to people say, oh, it's okay. His shot will come. Um, no, no, no. It won't come. It won't come when you shoot it the way you do with two hands and the ball under your chin. It's just broken. What he needs to do, and, you know, he's been playing at a low level for a long time. He's highly talented. He'll be a very good NBA player. Don't worry about that. But for him to go to the next level and be a real star in the NBA, he has to improve his jump shot because he's not 6'10 like Ben Simmons and can defend one through five. So um, he's a long way off in that department. But he's a super kid. He needs to take a whole off-season off and totally change his shot. This isn't something you can just make an adjustment you know, during the season because it, it makes it even worse. But he's three from 25 from the three-point line. I mean, I, I reckon we could kick more in from the halfway line than three from 25. Uh, so I could probably shoot better than that. <laughs> I, I reckon I'm backing you that you could too. Um, hey, hey, Shane, I went, I went three for 25 once in 1990, and then I went, yeah. nine, I went nine for 10 after that, and then I was off. <laughs> Talking about jump shots, um, Ben Simmons, obviously he hit a three-pointer in the preseason. Do you see him kind of evolving a bit more into that, you know, that outside shooter? Um, and also what, just give us your thoughts about what you're excited about um, in the NBA. Obviously, don't go into the two specifics, but I mean, what are the things that are kind of popping out of you? Well, I mean, the first thing is no. I don't see Ben Simmons evolving his jump shot. I'm not sure that he really has to. I mean, he's so dominant in what he does regardless. It'd be nice for him to be hitting some shots from outside. I mean, people get a little bit confused about, yeah, he hit a three-point shot, but it was a it was a buzzer beater. He had to shoot it. There was no time left. It wasn't something that he just made up his mind. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make this three-point shot. So he had nothing to lose. Uh, I, I don't see him. I know Unibet, who I work for, has got a line of whether he uh, makes – 
more or less than 16 threes. And I just think that's a foregone conclusion. There's no way in the world <laughs> he's making 16 threes this year unless they're all buzzer beaters. Is that um, is that the line, is it? I don't think he'll attempt 16 threes. Oh, I think he'll attempt it. I think you, you need to jump on, Steve, and, and uh, bet responsibly. <laughs> but let me tell you, I think, that, I think the... Uh, I think the line for how many he's going to take is like 60 or 80. And I looked at that and I was horrified. There's no way he's going to like take one a game. There's no way he's going to make 16 for the season, in my opinion. Um, and I, I don't, I just don't think that he'll attempt that many. He will every now and again more than what he has in the past. But this NBA season is probably one of the most exciting for me because it's so open. You know, just watching both LA teams play uh, in the second game of the NBA season, um, and how open this is. Both those teams have got the capabilities of being able to go all the way, and you know I think that'll be fantastic that uh, a team from LA has a chance again. I know you got a book coming out. What's uh, what's the progress on that one? Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We were aiming for Christmas, but um, it's taken us time in the last edit, so we won't make that. So we're just waiting on whether that'll be Father's Day next year now. So a little bit of a putback. Okay. What's it going to be called? Do you know that yet? Oh, we can't announce that. Oh, yeah. uh, trying to—I was trying to get the scoop there. there you yeah, go. yeah, I like that. Yeah, Sneaky. nothing. You know, we've been—we've done a lot of things together. Hopefully, there's nothing too damaging for me. <laughs> I'm in a loving relationship. <laughs> Not at all. Awesome stuff. Well, listen, uh, Shane. We'll, we'll get into this quick fire, true or false, just to kind of finish off. Uh, one of the actually uh, the questions I had was uh, Ben Schumann shoots shoots over twenty threes. I think you've already answered that one. The next one is Warriors make the playoffs. I think they'll scrape into the playoffs. So uh, yes. Okay. Sixers win the East. Yes. Zion wins Rookie of the Year. Yes. Larry Bird is better than Magic Johnson. Oh, that is tough. I'm going to sit on the fence for that one. No, no, no fence. No fence sitting. Okay, yes. Yes, I like you, Shane. Shane Heal will appear on Dancing with the Stars. Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I've already said no three times. (laughs) Oh, that's a great one. Um, You and Charles Barkley are friends. No, 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 we're not friends, but I love Charles Barkley. He was great to me. Okay. I do like him a lot. Okay. Um, Steve Carfino was a better basketballer than you. I'll go with that. Steve was a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the last one, which is a bit of an interesting one, the NBA needs to change the playoffs format. In what way? In terms of there should be 1 to 16 as, uh, as the standings, no East versus West anymore. Uh, no, I don't mind the East first West. I'm staying. I'll stay with East first West. Okay. All right. Yeah, we know how you feel, Evan. You know, yeah. for posing that question. Yeah. yeah you're trying to absolutely you're trying to dictate me on that one. You're trying to you know, put me into that mindset. I know. <laughs> he tried to sneak that one in. You know, like, oh, okay, I'll have yeah. uh, Snickers. I'll have some marbles. I'll have a condom, and I'll have a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, absolutely. Well, I'm not sure he was doing that, but uh, <laughs> it was that was actually just something um, ESPN put up uh, yesterday. They were saying uh, because the West is so dominant, they've got nine of the best uh, top ten plays in the league. They had eighty percent of the uh, the first, second, and all NBA teams from the West. Um, you know, the team that would came, I think came thirteenth last year 
would have made the playoffs in the East and they're saying, well, let's let's just get the best teams in there. I'm actually, I'm very happy with East versus West. I was just, but a few people are like, well, let's just get the best teams in there. So no, it's just an interesting one. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think I think it is an interesting um, subject, but I'd just rather stay with it unless it's, you know, there's a lot of conviction in making change. Absolutely. Well, Shane, listen, I really appreciate you coming on Inside Slam. Best of luck with your, your cause with the NBL this year. You're doing an amazing job. And, and also on the basketball show with the man next to me as well. Um, really love that show. You know, so much content that, uh, you know, we use on here as well. And hopefully you can get me on there soon as well. <laughs> there you go, fellas. Now, appreciate the support and uh, good luck with the show. I'll be listening. Thanks, Shane. Just want to say a quick thanks to our friends at manofmany.com, one of Australia's best men's lifestyle sites. For the latest products, culture, style, sports, entertainment, they've got everything that you need. We get so much content from that site for our pod, so make sure you go to manofmany.com. So we got community commentary coming up. I know we uh, didn't have it on last week. We're going to have it on this week, and we're going to kind of critique it as we go. But before we do that, and I asked you this before the pod started, and it's it's a it's a difficult top five to have. There's a lot of different factors in it, but who would your top five duos? The 2019-2020 season is all about the duos in the NBA. There's no big three anymore. It's all about the duos. Who are your top five? Magic and Kareem. This year, I'm in. Oh man, you know I like to go old school. <laughs> oh, you okay. want to you want to go? You yeah. Let's talk. I'll, I'll tell you what, you, you go old school, okay. I'll go this year. Okay, Perfect. all right, so I had one, you go, you go now. Are you saying Magic and Kareem, Kareem are your, is number one? That's a pretty good one. You know, some people consider Kareem the best player of all time. Okay, I'll go. And Magic's my favorite player of all time. So yeah, bang, all number right. one. Bang, number one, Magic. All right, I'm going to start the opposite way. I'm going to go the, the fifth best duo in the NBA this year, mm-hmm. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Right. Okay. You know, I wouldn't have said that. Why? Because I can't pronounce any either one of their names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who you got next? Okay. I'm going the opposite way, so I'm going to go number two now. If you're going to say Jordan Pippen, they they were number one. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Pippen's number one. Magic and Kareem are number two. Okay. You know what? I said it. You know what? I said it. Jordan and Jordan and Pippen are number two. They're yeah. number two. Okay. Yeah. Really? You're going to stick by that? All-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA is Kareem. Okay. I know people just dismiss it like, oh, yeah, he had the sky hook because he had the sky hook. People just dismiss that like, oh, well, if he didn't have the sky hook. He did have the sky hook. The man was demanding a double team at 40 years old. You know, Vince Carter's not demanding a double team. No. no. I know he's 42 and he's getting Do you think people really dismiss the fact that he had a – I mean, why would you dismiss the fact that he has – a move. It's like Jordan. Jordan had the fadeaway. It's like, oh well, Jordan had. But the he's fa- not the only one that's had a fadeaway. That's true. That's true. Kareem is the only one, or Lou Alcindor. You know, when he first came in the league, he's the only one. No one had a sky hook before him, and no one has had one since. And it was an unstoppable move until his last year when he's forty years old. So yeah, Magic and Kareem number one. Scottie Pippen. And Michael Jordan, number two. Bang. I said it. All right, cool. All right, my fourth best duo. Can't believe you're making me even explain that. Oh, come on. It's Jordan Pippen every day of the week. Uh, The number four duo in the NBA this year, Kyrie and Durant. 
even though Durant's not playing. Is there an asterisk by that? There's an asterisk by that. Okay. Because I actually think that in terms of duos, I still they say he's not going to play this year. I actually think he's going to be back. I, they, I think he's going to be back by the playoffs. That's what I think. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, number three. Done. I knew you'd like that. I like that's a good one. You're that's, so white. <laughs> you gave me that look. What white is right on that one? You were like, that's right. <laughs> you said you wanted to say that's right, but you said that's white. That's. <laughs> oh my goodness, dear, dear, dear. Um, all right, wait. No com- one would argue with me on that one. Number three, bang. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I think they're going to have a big year this year. Um, oh, they're going backwards. That's right. Okay. I'm going. I'm going back. I was like, "What about?" Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're there number three. They're yeah. number three. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go Tony Parker and Chris. I mean Tim Duncan. Wow. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. were winners, man. You know they were so understated. I couldn't decide whether I was going to put Ginobili and Duncan. But, no, Parker and Duncan. Yeah, yeah, Parker and Duncan. Okay, nice. Very I like nice. that. Mm-hmm. Number two for me is uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. As uh, I think that speak that speaks for itself. And your fifth best all time NBA duo. So you got you've let, let's just quickly recap. You've got Kareem and one, Kareem and Magic one. Yeah. Jordan Pippen two. Yeah. Three is Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale and, and Larry Bird. Bird. Uh, fourth is Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. And fifth. Okay. I'm going to move Tony Parker and Tim Duncan to fifth. <laughs> I'm going to move Kevin McHale and Larry Bird to fourth. What? Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to put Kobe and Shaq. I forgot about that. I know. That. Oh, my goodness. Man. I ought to smack myself for putting those guys man, that you, low. Man, you need a coffee, man. How could you forget Kobe and Shaq? I know. But I'm a Laker fan. They could fit, They could be number one. Yeah. They're, I mean, what a... All three of my... Oh, my first three could be ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were unstoppable. I mean, Shaq was just unstoppable back then. Um, well, speaking of Lakers, it's LeBron and AD. They're the number one duo in the league for me. So those are those are my top five duos. But that, I'm just excited about the fact that it is duos this year. There is no big three. There's no super team. There are there are deals that teams can make to probably elevate themselves into a championship contender. But I like the fact that it's about the duos and the fact any team can win. You know, all of those duos that I'm not disagreeing with any of your duos, but I got to admit that I would watch the duo that I'm thinking of before any of those five duos. If I had to just say, okay, I can only watch one NBA game this week, I'm watching Houston. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Man, that's going to be fun to watch. See, I, I probably should have them in instead of Kyrie and Durant because they're not playing. So I'll, I'll put them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll be much worse basketball. Yeah. I don't know how, how many games they're going to win. I don't know. You know, both of those guys frustrate me to no end, but I enjoy watching both of them play. They are unstoppable. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into this community commentary. And this week, we've got the mascot Sydney Social Basketball League. So let's have a listen. Quack. It's the wrong sport. Isn't that hockey? Dean's sizing it up. He takes it. He does what he does best and misses it straight out. All right, now we have number six dribbling down the court. Oh, ball stolen. Ball stolen. Number six. It's back to the three-point machine. Pull up. Oh, foul mid-court. Do you want to tell me what's going on? One of these teams only has four players. Yes, there's a little controversy tonight with the four players. You see someone has 
Someone's broken down the M5. That traffic that's going out there, that's is simply because of this <laughs> that's man very right here. So they're down four tonight. And to be honest, they're doing quite well. They're only down Even though there's only four the players and you can't remember side. half of their and names. It's, it's quite competitive out there. <laughs> Shoot it. Shoot it. Number Shoot six. It. And they're not pulling up for the three, unfortunately. Should have shot that, man. Adrian bringing it up now. Oh, he's talking to the players on the, the court. The big man yeah, takes a three. Is that Ben Simmons or Jamarcus Cousins? You got the skills, man. Bro, I'm just trying to work out what's going on. <laughs> Adrian Clark drives him the key easily. Ooh, and gets a very contentious foul there. Dean's not happy about it, completing his case to the referee, but it won't matter because it's two shots. That's anyway. not bad. That's not no, bad. No, it's not two shots. He's called baseline. Interesting decision. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> he speaks What's going wrong? quickly and clearly, just a lot of sloppy but passes. he does laugh at his jokes yeah. a lot. You know, hey, we do that a They've bit just too. squandered uh, about a 15 point lead. I might go off the air before I start swearing. <laughs> so, Adrian, you came in with four men. And you gave away a 10-point lead to start off. How did you go for that? Uh, look, I think for the, for the amount of dad bods and um, lack of practice that, that we do have, I think we did pretty well. Um, I guess you just have to dig a bit deeper when there's less. So we're doing, we're doing on-court interviews now. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of everything there. There's a traffic report. Yeah, traffic yeah. report, which is obviously, you know, uh, Global Story Network is owned by the Australian Traffic Network, so we've got to get that in there. Oh, right. Adri yeah. There was a lot of mention of Adrian. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he scored any buckets. The guy that was commentating, I think if he slowed it down a bit, he actually had some, some decent content. You know what would help is if someone had a successfully made basket in one of these calls. <laughs> some talent out on the court seems to be left a bit to be desired. Yeah, that's, that's true. But the commentary, yeah, it's right on the money. Who's your favorite commentator ever? Ever? Ever. Oh. How, how long have you been commentating for? Since 1990. So, yeah. Okay. Well, this year I'm not doing it. So this is, um, I've had a couple of years where I didn't do it. Like mm -hmm. where, I, um, where I went from Fox to Channel 10. I didn't do it for one season there. And then then when I stopped working full time at Channel 10, there was a season that I didn't do it. But About 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. Long time. So yeah. it, was there someone when you first got into it that you thought, if I can replicate? Marv Albert. Yeah, love Marv Albert. Love Marv Albert. And the guy's still going. Oh, yeah. He He's rocking that toupee hard, isn't he? Oh, yeah. But I, his voice just was like the symbol of the NBA. I really, I really like The Mark. doctor. And then Brett Musburger as well. Mark Jackson? I like Mark Jackson. Oh, so you're talking about experts now. Like I was talking about play-by-play -play guys. Oh, well, but, Mike, yeah. I mean, when Mike Breen, okay. Mm -hmm. Mike Breen is a commentator. I think yeah. it's really, really good. Yeah, they're, they're very good. That's yeah. his thing. Bang. Um, but yeah, I like I like having um, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Too. I yeah. think they're very funny. Yeah, they're very good. They're very good. So that's Re a grown man move. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Miller's good too. There's There's so many good analysts now in the NBA. I think that there were just guys that didn't take it serious. And, but now there are a lot of opportunities and there are a lot of shows, you know, what is that Jalen and Jacoby or Jacoby mm. and Jalen, you know, these guys are, they're very good. You know, they take their jobs very serious. They, they see it as a career after their sports, a very lucrative career. So, you know, these guys get better every single time I, I hear them or see them. So, the talent is the talent pool is just so much bigger now. Just going back to the actual commentators themselves, I can just think in the back of my mind. It's just something you it's something you can never forget. Like for like LeBron's block 2016 when mm. 
and you can hear Mike Breen's voice in your head when you, when you see it happening. You, you you think of it and you hear about the commentary. Oh, block by LeBron James! Like it was just incredible. I know that's almost as good as your Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll do it. We're gonna do an accent. Maybe you can do a game as Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay. I would, that would be what I just talk like Arnold the whole time. The whole time. Come on. Yeah. Do you do other voices as well? Um, I do. I do more accents. Right. Yeah. So you can know. you do one? Uh, you put him. I, I can do one because I, I, I talk water. about Mexican food a lot. Saying, Orleans, what are you doing? Hey man, you're crazy. Hey vatos, man, this is crazy. You want to do South LA like this? This oh. is okay, man. It sounds racist when you do it. Why? Because I'm white. I don't know. Just because I'm picking on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Let's finish off with uh, with who am I? Obviously, I, I gotta I gotta quickly change. So uh, I had Andre Iguodala. Let's see if I would have gotten it really quickly. Just ask me anyway. Do you can do another one, but just I'll do, well, I'll ask you the Andre Iguodala questions. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Went to the University of Arizona. Andre Iguodala. There you go. No, <laughs> <laughs> no what's the next one? No, I'm just kidding. God damn. Because <laughs> that could have been. Damon Stottlemyre, yeah. Khalid Reeves, Sean Elliott. Could have been a lot of guys, so yeah. All right. Steve Kerr. Yeah, true that. Yeah, Mike Bibby. He was born in 84. He went to the University of Arizona, drafted in 2004. Ninth, that would have helped. As, yeah. yeah as, I wouldn't have gotten it yet, though. As the ninth pick. Yeah. Yeah. Has played for four teams. Uh, three-time NBA champion, yeah. and then NBA Finals MVP. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten it until the last one. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. the NBA Finals MVP. I think would have, would have given it away. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got I've got a really good one. False. One of my, oh, we're not doing that. One okay. of my all-time favorite players. All right, born March 23, 1973. Elvis. No, okay. <laughs> Elvis. I think he died in seventy three. What are you talking about? Seventy seven. He what died. You, but what that's you okay. About, Willis? Yeah. Uh, okay. Went to, okay, I'm going to go with high school because he went to St. Joseph Notre Dame in Alameda, California High School. Went to California College. He was drafted in ninth. What, what college? California. University of California, Berkeley, yeah. Irvine. Just says no? It just says California. Okay. Um, drafted in 1994. Jason Kidd. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How'd you get it? Because um, I, I didn't want to say the actual what, what he's he from got Oakland. Picked. That's why I was like, if you were to say Cal Berkeley, I'd have said Jason Kidd. Okay, but I, you know, it just says so on his Wikipedia. It just mm-hmm. says uh, California. So he went to Cal Berkeley, did he? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he was playing against Arizona, and Lou Olson was the coach at the time, he said, "There's this kid at Cal, and he said he'll be a Hall of Famer." I was like, "That's a big call. He's not even in the NBA yet." He said, "I said, what does he do well?" He said, "Everything." He just stats all the way across the board. I said, is he a good shooter? He's like, not a great shooter. But he he rebounds, he defends, he gets steals. IQ, crazy IQ. They, and- I said, he, he, finds, he, he's, he's got, he finds players like Magic Johnson. I was like, hold on, Luke. Pump your brakes. He's like, no, no, no. He's that good. Really? He, t- he, t- he told you this? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a great story. And I, I heard the first time somebody, I can't remember who it was, but when they met Jason, they spoke to Jason Kidd on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was black. Because he of, is black, but he's half. Yeah, but you know. But he like the way he, the good he, half. He doesn't talk like he doesn't talk like. 
Yeah, but he lived in Oakland, for goodness sake. You know, he had to talk like that. So he Is Oakland really that rough? Beat up every... Oh, my goodness. Is yeah. it? That's why That's why San Francisco is so pleasant. I heard, they keep, I heard, every, they keep all the bad eggs in uh, had, in Oakland. A buddy of mine... On the, other side, on the other side of the bridge. A buddy of mine, Alex, he went to uh, he went to Oracle Arena, and he said, man, I was so scared. He said, I, was, I thought I was literally going to get robbed on the way to the stadium. Yeah, it's in a terrible neighborhood. Chicago's was at, you know, like uh, Chicago's old stadium was in a U- bad neighborhood. United too. Center? Is that uh, the old one? The, no. The one before the that? The one before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Terrible neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one in Detroit, was, was, that was in a bad area as well, wasn't it? The Palace? Uh, no, no. I You know what? On it was That's a rule of mine. I will never go to Detroit. You're never going, never going to go to Detroit. You're never going to go to Philadelphia. What well, do you got against these cities? No, no, no. I just saw a movie once, and they were torturing you're a guy. Si- you're sit- instead of sexist, you're citizen. They were torturing a guy, <laughs> and it was a comedy, of course. They were yeah. torturing a guy, and he was not saying anything. And they are like, all right, send him to Detroit. And the guy started spilling the beans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, stay away from Detroit. Unless you're Eminem. He's, he's from Detroit, and he's, yeah. he's an awesome rapper. I know. That's a, you, you know, he lived in a trailer park, and that wasn't a great neighborhood. So there you go. There you go. Well, guys, I think we're going to finish it off there this week. That is another episode of Inside Slam. If you're not following us on Instagram, then I don't know why you aren't, because we will keep you up to date on all the big things happening in the NBA and the NBL. So we are at Inside Slam. Also, don't forget to follow Global Story Network and go to globalstorynetwork.com for a whole bunch of different podcasts, some amazing ones like Datitude and obviously Surviving the Impossible, uh, which I mentioned earlier. And also follow Global Story Network on Twitter as well. And we will see you next week. Yeah.